0: go and see family and loved ones, and uh, we tend to travel around the country and visit and see different things, and, uh, but I want you to know and understand this morning that the Lord Jesus uh, traveled a great distance. Uh, he come a, a long way uh, that He might fulfill uh, that the Father that He would be sent, that He would pay the price for all of mankind. And I began to think about those things. I heard it said here a few weeks ago, and I guess I hadn't really put a lot of thought into it, but a statement was made that uh, none of us had the choice in being born. And uh, we didn't get to choose that we were born, and we didn't get to choose where we were born at. And... But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that He said, I'll go, and I'll pay the price. And the Bible says in the fullness of time that He come. And oftentimes uh, we thought about that, well, if we could go back and see Him then, and I've heard people say, well, why has He not appeared in this time? And listen, He, he come when the Father sent Him. He come when, when it was time for Him to come, as the Scripture says, in the fullness of time. And we know then that there was some 400 years of silence there between the last book of the Bible that we have and when the Lord Jesus come upon the scene. But we can find prophecies of Him. I I was thinking about uh, here a while back we'd done a Bible study, and I'll get into my subject just in a minute. Uh, But we were thinking about here a a couple of months ago we'd done a Bible study and uh, the prophecies that's been fulfilled in the Old Testament. And I, I was looking at that and doing a study on that and, there was a gentleman uh, through a university that had some of his uh, students who uh, was in physics. And I, I, I know Brother James might understand this, but he was doing a study and, and they was taking a calculation of, of the eight, basically eight uh, prophecies. And they looked at those eight prophecies and they said, for those things to have been fulfilled... Uh, you need to understand the circumstances of how that would have come to have passed. And he made a statement in there, and they'd done their calculations, and basically it didn't mean a whole lot to me, but he said it was, um, I believe it was 10 to the 17th power. Now, I'm no mathematician, and that don't mean a whole lot to me, but that's a great big number. Brother James probably sitting there saying, yeah, that's a big number. Uh, Brother James is a math guy. That didn't mean a whole lot to me. But he narrowed it down this way. He said, if you was to take a silver half dollar and you was to spread it over the entire state of Texas, he said, not only would it cover the entire state of Texas, but it'd be two foot deep. And he said, then you would have to go in and find that one silver dollar he said the likelihood of just those eight prophecies being fulfilled, that would be 10 to the 17th power. We know not only did he fulfill those prophecies, but he's fulfilled them all. The numbers are staggering. His students in those classes said, "I, I can't hardly believe what we're seeing. For that to have happened, I can't understand it. But listen... That's the truth of God's Word. As Isaiah had prophesied, and we find numerous places throughout the Scripture about prophecies about His birth and about His coming. And I was thinking, and Brother Mike read some of those verses this morning, and we might get to them just in a moment, but I want you to think about how far did He come for you. And I was thinking about heaven, and, and I was thinking about those things this morning. And I, 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 this might seem a little different, but I've, I've got to follow my heart and what the Lord has put on me. And I want to take for some reading, and, and I'll get some more on his birth just here in a minute, but I want to take for some reading in the 2nd uh, Corinthians here 2nd Corinthians in the 12th chapter. 2nd Corinthians in the 12th chapter. If you're reading along, starting in the first verse, it says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above fourteen years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, such a one called up to the third heaven and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, and how that he caught me up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. And as I was thinking about these things, and over here in the 8th chapter of this same letter, in the ninth verse, he says, For ye know the grace of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, which though He was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And I was thinking about uh, what the Apostle Paul was saying, and there's a lot of people who have uh, uh, done a great amount of study in trying to find where heaven is and where paradise is. And I believe those two to be the same. And uh, we'll find, I, I, I was looking just this week at how many times the Scriptures uh, uh, use the word heaven or heavens, and uh, it's a great number, uh, but he's making, oftentimes it comes in a description of the first, the second, and the third heaven. And here the Apostle Paul is making a statement here about the third heaven. And he said, whether I be in the body or out of the body, he said, I don't know. But he said, "I got a glimpse over there into paradise." And uh, I'll get into more than that in just a moment, but uh, we think about the first heaven. And my youngest child, or middle child, Baylor, he loves uh, 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 science and he likes uh, 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 space and the stars and, and things of that nature. But uh, uh, there's a lot of times me and him have got out, and just this morning we was having a conversation. Uh, about uh, the clouds in the sky, and, and he's just a young boy, but he w- was making some statements, and he said, "Daddy is is God in the clouds." And I said, "Son, he's beyond the clouds." And he said, "Well, Daddy is is God at the sun." I said, S- "He's he's beyond the sun. He's far beyond what the eye can see and comprehend." And uh, so we was talking about some of those things, and. But I want you to know this morning that first heaven you get to look up and and we'll see the clouds and we can kindly see some of those things. And the Bible talks about the second heaven where we see the stars and we see the moon and the sun and and our eye can associate some of those things. But God dwells in the third heaven. And the Bible says that eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard the things that He hath prepared for them uh, this morning. And I certainly don't... No, I've never seen anything over there in that country. I, there's times in my heart that I have felt uh, uh, what God has prepared far exceeds anything that I can even imagine this morning. But I want you to know this morning that, uh, uh, that heaven, uh, uh, this morning is a place that Jesus said that He's going to prepare. And He told His disciples, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. He said, You believe in God, believe also in Me. And my friend, he said, I've gone to prepare a place. And my friend, this morning, he's uh, certainly there and has been there. Uh, Jesus Christ is from everlasting to everlasting. And my friend, he's been building and working on a place for a long time. It'll far exceed anything that we can ever imagine. But my friend, I want you to know that the Creator of the world, uh, the great I Am, the one there that uh, uh, when we read about in Genesis when the Bible says that God said, let there be light, uh, my friend, that light that shined out in darkness was Jesus. He was Jesus. See, that light come before the sun even was hung. He's the true light. That light that come out of that darkness was the Lord Jesus. As the Word was spoken. He owns everything. He is everything. Everything, the Bible says that uh, uh, ever good and perfect gift is from above, as Brother Mike said this morning. If it's good, my friend, it's from God. But I want you to know this morning as I was thinking about these things that uh, everything that He owns, that He gave it up that He might come here. That He might become poor. That through Him and through His suffering that I might become rich. And I'm not talking about in a worldly sense this morning, but I'm talking about rich in my heart. I'm talking about having an abundance in my heart that when He said that I'll give you life and give it more abundantly, He give you an abundance in your heart that overflows that no matter what comes in this life that He's there. That He owns it all. The Creator, the Bible says that He owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills and my friend He far exceeds that. That though He owned everything that He gave it up That he might come down here to this earth. And I want you to think about this morning just for a moment about the luxuries and the things that we have in this life. And that's not the point of this message this morning, but folks, we've got it good. And that the Savior of the world was born into a virgin. You remember, the Bible says that Mary pondered within herself. She wondered within herself what would come to be of all of these things. Can you imagine there when that angel appeared unto Mary and He began to tell her what was come to pass? Can you imagine uh, as He spoke to her? And uh, I-, I can't remember the exact terminology this morning, but uh, uh, she, was a, uh, 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 she was a woman, uh, a fair woman, I believe the Bible says. She was chosen among women. But can you imagine the way that she felt there? Can you imagine as Joseph that they was a spouse to be married? And I want you to understand this morning that uh, the Bible, as we could go back into Deuteronomy, and we could read about the law there in the 20th chapter, that, uh, my friend, that Joseph, uh, in all rights, he was just as married to her. Uh, My friend, if they'd said, I do. He was espoused, he was betrothed to her to marry her and sometimes that span would be about a year's time. And by all rights, according to the law, in Joseph's eyes and the people around, she could have been stoned to death. And that angel appeared there to Joseph and spoke to him. The Lord, the angels began to speak to them and tell them and guide them on their journey. And as He was guiding them, He told them that they, listen, they had to go back to Bethlehem. That was, uh, uh, we know that we can read the scripture, that uh, that that was prophesied before. Listen, uh, so much of this that you can't even begin to make up, even if you tried to. They went back to Bethlehem because it was the time of the census. They could find no room in the inn, the Bible says. They took the Lord Jesus then, and Mary, and I, I tend to believe maybe uh, there was an upper room, and there was a place down in the, in the bottom of that there, where uh, in the inn would have had an upper room, and the bottom of that would have been maybe where they'd kept animals and things of that nature, and that's where the Lord Jesus was born. They laid him in a manger. Now, folks, this morning, my birth was a whole lot better than that. They wrapped that babe in swaddling clothes. I'm telling you this morning that He is the Creator of all things, and He come into this lowly earth. And my friend, I I want to read this over here in John. In the third chapter. In the thirteenth verse. And he said, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. He came with a purpose. And his purpose was that he, though he was rich, that he might become poor, that through him we might be rich. That young man, uh, the Lord Jesus, he began to wax strong in the Spirit. He began to look uh, to the Father. No doubt the Father helped him. But here it says in this 16th verse, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that so whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He was born for a purpose. That through Him that all of mankind might be saved. It's His will that none should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. That all all might have life. That's His desire. This morning, I'm so very thankful when I think about how far that He come for me. And listen this morning, uh, there's none of us Uh, This morning, I believe over there it is when he was talking to uh, Nathaniel. uh, He was telling him, uh, I'm going to misquote it, but I want to read it. He says, uh, Well, he told Nathaniel over there. uh, You remember Nathaniel made a comment. He said, he says, any good thing, come out of Nazareth. And Philip said, come and see. And my friend, he's the greatest thing. Nobody could ever imagine. Nazareth was just this little dot on the map. There wasn't anything that ever come out of Nazareth. There was any count. And Nobody could hardly Nathaniel said, I can't understand or comprehend how you're telling me that the Savior of the world has come out of Nazareth. And Philip said, come and see. And my friend, that would be my statement to you. I'm telling you, He's the King of kings today. And if you've never experienced Him in your heart, I'd beg you to come and see. My friend, come and see. You think about how far that He come for you and how far that He come for me. You think about how He had nowhere, the Bible says, to lay His head. He said, the foxes have their holes and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay His head. When we think about it in a worldly sense, He didn't have nothing. But my friend, did He have everything? He told him over there, He said, I'm the bread of life. You think the things in this world can sustain you. You think that the bread, yes, we need to eat to sustain life, but my friend, when you partake of Jesus Christ, my friend, you've got all that you'll ever need. He said, I am the water of life. You remember what he told the woman at the well? He said, with this water you'll thirst again, but he said, if you get a drink that I'm offering him, he said, you'll never thirst again. My friend, when he makes you rich in your heart, you'll never thirst for it again. You'll never thirst for what's in your heart once again. We think about how far that he comes. Over here in Luke, I was want to read a couple of portions of scripture if you'll go with me over here at Luke he said here and this said and this I want to stop start right here it said in the seventh verse, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord showed around about them. And they were sore free. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly uh, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angel were gone away from heaven in- from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us this morning there may be those of you that may be here lost and I pray that you might ask within yourself let us go let us come and see this thing listen I realize over here that as the Apostle Paul was making a statement, he said, I hath not seen and ear hath not heard the things that he has prepared. But if you'll read that next verse, he says that the Spirit of God has revealed it unto them. And my friend, this morning I have never seen heaven. I've never seen it with my visible eye, but I'm telling you this morning, I know in my heart that it's real. And my friend, I know because of what God has done for me, my friend, I'm going one day after a while. And I'm looking forward to it. I pray this morning that you might have the understanding, my friend, you might have the desire to want to come and see. But they said that we might know this which has come to pass. And it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in manger. And when they had seen it, they may known around about the same which is told of them concerning this child. And all they heard it wondered those things which were told unto them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. My friend, we sing a song sometimes called Mary, Did You Know? Uh, I believe Mary knew. You think about her delivering the Savior of the world. And she had to trust in Him. Just like me and you do. Listen. Not only did she deliver of the Savior of the world, but He delivered her. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah said it this way in this ninth chapter. He says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us the Son is given, and the government shall be upon His name, upon his shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And in the crease of His government shall be peace, a government, and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with the judgment and with justice for henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And my friend, Isaiah here some 750 years before the coming of the Lord Jesus is here prophesying that a child would be born unto them, that a child would be given. And my friend, I want you to know that we, we're, we think and we try to worship and, and praise the Lord. I pray that we do that this Christmas season for the birth of our Savior and we think about how far that He come for us. But my friend, I want you to know how far He went. Not only did He have to come this way, but my friend, He went all the way. He didn't just stop when it got hard. When He was baptized there by John the Baptist, John didn't feel worthy of it. He went up into a mountain and He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan come up to Him and tempted Him. And my friend, he was able to resist that. I want you to know this morning that uh, he went 40 days and 40 nights without food, without water. And he was up there in a physical condition that he was in, but he never once gave in to Satan. He was tempted in all points just like we are. My friend, this morning I want you to know that as he went there to the cross and he was preparing and he found himself in the garden there of Gethsemane, he had done told His disciples that He was going away. He had found a place there that He began to cry out to the Lord. And we know an angel appeared unto Him and ministered to Him and strengthened Him. But as He was praying there in that garden, the Bible says that great drops of blood and sweat began to fall from Him. And you say, well preacher, this ain't a, a Christmas sermon, but I'm telling you, my friend, that Jesus not only come all the way, but He went all the way. My friend, He done Everything. And he done it perfectly. He done it right that he might make a way for you that you could spend eternity with him in heaven throughout all the ages. My friend, this morning, it's his desire that you might be saved, that you might be born again. And my friend, this morning, I'm so very thankful. I can't, I just, I got a thanksgiving in my heart today that hey, God made a way. As I was pondering about this week all I could do was get to a place to where I said thank you God for the plan of salvation. Thank you God for making a way that this is not the end. But my friend that when I close my eyes in death that it's only the beginning. Thank you Lord for making a way for mankind. That He paid the price that you could spend forever with Him in glory. Isn't it wonderful to think about the Savior of the world who had nothing but my friend had it all? The world this morning, they want to take Christ out of everything. They'll tell you today that that it's foolishness. But my friend, today without Jesus Christ, I have no hope. I'm a man most miserable without Jesus this morning. Jesus Christ said that He had the power to lay His life down and He had the power to take it up again. He said, All power is given unto me on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to think about this morning. That Christmas tree most of you have in your houses today. You know what the Bible says? He said, Cursed is every man that hangeth upon a tree. When I see that Christmas tree in my house, I think about my Lord. That hung there upon the cross at Calvary. That shed His blood for all of mankind. That if they'd just seek Him with a whole heart. Turn unto Him and trust Him with everything. That my friend, that you could be like that thief there on the cross. That you would be in paradise. Can you imagine paradise? Let me ask you this morning. What do you consider paradise? My wife's a big, she likes to go to the beach. She said before, this is about like paradise, sitting out here looking at the ocean, you know. Paradise is where God is. That's paradise. When you think about what it is that he's gone to prepare. When he says there's no more death, there's no more dying there. Can you can you fathom that just for a moment? This old these old dying bodies, there's no more of that. There's no more tears, for he'll wipe them away. There's no more war. There's no more pain. The whole frail bodies that we go along in this life, boy, we'll be given a body that's likened unto His. It'll be perfect. I've heard people say, well, Brother Casey, I don't know if he literally means over there that that, that we'll have a, a mansion. I... A, I don't know if John was just uh, being symbolic whether or not that there will be streets of gold. And listen to me this morning. I want you to know that that city, that city four square, it will far exceed anything that you could ever imagine. My friend, it will far exceed anything that you could ever imagine this morning. I, I'll tell you, I believe them. I'll just be honest with you, I've been raised up my whole life believing it have streets of gold and I'm just as satisfied with it having streets of gold as anything else. I'm all over the place. That's all right. Amen. Amen. I want you to listen just for a minute. Now I know y'all read this a hundred times. If he would have just saved me from spending an eternity in hell, don't you believe this morning that you'd be satisfied with just that? I mean... It's the greatest gift in the world. It's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. I've heard mamas and daddies when they've been praying for their kids say, Well, I'd give you mine if I could, honey. Listen to me, mine's mine. And I've got confidence when my children become lost that God will save them. But listen. Listen. Not only did He save me from an eternity burning in hell, but listen, He's given me a home in heaven one day that I'm looking forward to. We sing that song, Beulah Land. And He says, where my faith will end in sight. My friend, I'm not all that old, but I'm telling you there's times that I get to looking forward to that heavenly country. But listen to what John says. He says, In that city lieth four square, and the length of it is as large as the breadth, and the measure of that city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs, and the length and the breadth and the height are equal, and he measured the wall thereof and a hundred and forty and four cubits according to the measure of man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall was as jasper, and the city was pure gold likened unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of that city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And he goes through here a list of these stones for time's sake, but in the 21st verse he says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. And every several gate was one part pearl, and the street of that city was pure gold. And as it were, transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple in it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Listen, He's still the light of the world. The Bible says that He's that bright and morning star. He was shining, leading those wise men. I believe that in all my heart. He was the light there in the beginning. He's still the light. And my friend, He'll be the light of that city. I pray today. Though I can't see Him, and I can't see that city, and I wasn't there at His birth. But thanks be unto God, as Paul says, that I look through a glass darkly. My friend, I can, He gives it to me right here. I can see it. And it's shining bright. And I think about how far that He come for me. And my friend, how far that He went for me. And my friend, not only did He do it for me, but He done it for all of mankind. I pray this Christmas season that we ponder upon these things. You, you think about the gifts that you have, the gifts that you'll receive. And my friend, I'm going to tell you, God's give you a perfect gift in here. Because we know that perfect love casteth out all fear. God is love. He's put that love in my heart this morning. And I want to tell you, church, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I'm so thankful this morning that God loved mankind enough that He made a way for me and He made a way for you. That when we draw our last breath, that's not the end that we'll open our eyes up in a city that will far exceed anything that we can even begin to imagine. And we'll be there to worship Him and praise Him as the ages roll. on. I pray today, if you're here in Lost, you might seek the Lord. I want to read this one last verse here in 24th verse. He says, And the nations and them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of earth do bring glory and honor into it. My friend, if you ever want to see that city, you want to walk in it, you've got to be saved. You've got to be born again. My friend, I pray today that you might ponder upon the Lord Jesus. It truly was a miraculous birth. But it had to be that way. He couldn't come from the seat of money. There's sin about me. But Jesus Christ is perfect. He's without sin. and He gave his life for man. That through him you might have life. He truly is the gift that keeps on giving. I don't deserve him this morning. I don't deserve to be born again. I don't deserve to preach. I don't deserve to have the family I have. I don't deserve to have the wife I have. I don't deserve a home in heaven. And I'm going to tell you what, God's good. He's been good to me. And this morning I pray that you might worship Him. Let us adore Him for His goodness. Let us praise His holy name today. Would be my prayer. And if you're here in Lost, if you ever want to see that city, if you want to be where God is, you've got to be saved. Come and seek the Lord this morning. Come and know what it is to have that perfect gift in your heart. For truly, it is the gift of God. Come seek the Lord this morning while I may be found. Sister Laura, if you'd get us a song this morning.